What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Work twenty five. Oh, you already know what it is. It's gonna be an awesome show today. Oh my goodness! Oh, we're gonna oh, we're gonna talk today. We usually talk, but we're gonna talk today. Players and playettes of the United States of America. All right, can I forget about my listeners out in the Philippines? Because we global up in here. Okay, so I got nothing but love and appreciation for everybody around the world. Listening to little old me. All right. Um, we're going to get into some UFC news. Because UFC was on last night. And you know I was watching it. Uh, Peter Mewes and... Um, Frankie Edgar fought. Um, it was a really great fight. Frankie Edgar actually dropped down a bantam weight, so he dropped down to one thirty-five, uh, which is not usual. Um, as you get older, usually that's when you—it's uh, you know, harder for you to cut weight. And actually, um, he actually dropped down a weight. He said he actually felt more comfortable um, at at, um, at one thirty-five. So um, he looked really good last night. Um, um, for you know, he's 38 years old. You know, and we've talked about this on my podcast before uh, about being an old, dirty man and <laughs> and uh, still doing the damn thing. You know, I mean, you know, Pedro Muno, uh, uh, Munoz, he's um, uh, 33 years old. You know, he said he was interrupting uh, uh, his prime, um, but uh, Frankie Edgar looked good. It was a close fight, it could have gone either way. If you look at the numbers, um, uh, Pedro Munoz had a little bit more, uh, uh, his striking uh, hit a little bit more strikes, but um, uh, Edgar looked good. Um, he beat a top five guy in a bantamweight division, so we're definitely going to see uh, about that. Um, John Jones vacated his uh, he vacated his uh, light uh, heavyweight championship belt. Um, who's he going to fight? That's a good question. Um, it could be you know Stepe Elchik uh, right off the bat. I don't see that happening right off the bat. Um, but who knows? Um, Stampy might want him, you know? I mean, listen, you know, you're Stampy Melchick and, you know, you beat John Jones and you beat Daniel Cormier in the same year, you know, I mean, that's a big name to beat. Either, either, whether or not, is you know, this would be John Jones' first fight as heavyweight, it's still a big fight, uh, for, you know, uh, from the half. But who knows, uh, what's going to happen. But, um, John Jones making a move to heavyweight. So, and I don't think he's going to come back down. Dominic Reyes was talking trash, saying he was scared to fight him again. I think John Jones was looking past Dominic Reyes because um, Jones won the first two rounds. And, um, you know, in my opinion, and you can make an argument Dominic Reyes won the last three rounds. And John Jones might be like, yeah, whatever. I'm out of it. I, you know, I'm just here to break that record and whatever. And I'm going to go to and I'm going to go to heavyweight. So John Jones might have felt like oh, I did enough, whatever. You know, just don't get myself hurt. Don't try to get knocked out going for the knockout. And, you know, and it, it is what it is right after that. That's what I, that's my take. Now, listen, if you have somebody punching you in the face, I don't think you should take the, you know, the, the guy or the, whoever's punching you in the face, take them lightly, you know, especially if they're trained. But, you know, I, but I think if you're at the John Jones level, um, you know, and, you know, you fought the people you fought. Maybe there's an exception. I wouldn't take anybody punching me in the face for for a light, uh, you know, take them for granted. Um, but I seem that I my personal opinion that's what John Jones said. So UFC's on up on up. 
you know, it's been on the up and up. I think it's more on the up and up. But um, you know what we got to talk about next, guys. You already know. Got to talk about the fantastic New York Knicks. If anybody saw that mock draft. Now, if you guys go back to my podcast, you know I said the Knicks weren't going to get a top six pick. And they're going to miss out on the top guys. Um, I already told you guys that. You, you know, uh, well, one friend said, you jinxed the Knicks. Thank you, Rock. And, <laughs> you know, I don't want to say I, I jinxed the Knicks. I said they're going to pick eight. You guys know I said they were supposed to pick at least six. I said they're going to pick eight. Guess what happened? They picked eight. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you who I think the Knicks should get. If Oban Topin is there at eight, you get Oban Topin at eight. I don't think, I think he's a top five guy. Um, you have the uh, Timberwolves, number one pick. Golden State Warriors are number two pick. Hornets got the three pick. Um, uh, Bulls got the four pick. They weren't supposed to be up that high. I was shocked Cleveland got down. Um, so Cleveland got the fifth pick. Atlanta got uh, the sixth pick. And the uh, Pistons got the seventh pick. Now, listen, you know, I'm mean, love you some LaMelo Ball. I don't know if LaMelo Ball can play defense. And you have Tom Thibodeau, who's a defensive monster, Head coach in the team, so I don't. Anyway, so I don't think I don't know how a Lamelo Ball is going to work defensively under the Knicks. It would bring excitement. I mean, that's the obvious choice. Uh, we missed out on Zion Williamson last year, so I think bringing a Lamelo Ball that's going to bring excitement. No offense, to, I, I think James Wiseman could as well, um, but I don't think we need James Wiseman. We need a point guard. Um, but we're, we're going to get into that. So what I think that if open Topin's there at eight, they should get open Topin at eight. I think he's going to go top five. Um, I, you know, I, I'm don't see Atlanta would, would, would need him. Um, and if, you know, if LaMelo drops, cause you know, um, um, uh, LaVar ball talks shit about Michael Jordan. So I can't see Michael Jordan getting LaMelo at three. Just you know how petty Michael Jordan is. For a principal standpoint, he's not going. I don't think he'd go at three. And I don't think um, you know if the, the Timberwolves. I think they would get Anthony Edwards and pair him with uh, D'Angelo Russell, and I'll be a pretty athletic backcourt. I can't see Lamelo and D'Angelo because both of them play point guard. I can't see Lamelo going number one. So I got Anthony Edwards most likely going to go number one. Do you want the James, you know, you saw what happened with Anthony Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns. Do you want to risk that again and pairing them with, you know what I'm saying? So I don't think James Wiseman, I think James Wiseman has a little bit more work ethic than Anthony Wiggins. But I don't see James Wiseman going number one. So I think I think Edwards is going to go number one uh, based off athleticism. We don't know if he's a good defender. He's not a great shooter. We know he's athletic. You know, um, dunk the ball. You know, he's got an explosive first step. That's it with Anthony Edwards. I see Anthony Edwards going number one. James Wiseman, he's got to go too. I don't, you can't, you know, this is what happened with LeVar Ball. He talked, he said LaMelo Ball was better than uh, uh, Steph Curry. And you're going to, and Golden State's not going to pick LaMelo Ball too. That's not going to happen. I got James Wiseman going too. I don't think LaMelo Ball is going to Charlotte. Don't think so. Um, only because you know how petty Michael Jordan is. So if anything, Lamelo would go four. If anything, um, I could see Jordan going international route and getting Denny uh, 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 Abdija at um, at three. 
Don't be shocked if that happens. I'm telling you guys, you're going to hear from me first. That's going to be the third pick. And I see uh, Zach Levine and LaMelo Ball. How fun's that going to be? I think LaMelo Ball is going to go four. And, of course, the Knicks are going to miss out on it. At five, I I can't see Obi Topin. I can't see um, the Cleveland Cavaliers who missed out on Zion passing out on Obi Topin at five. Um I think he's gonna. He has to go five, and I don't. And if he doesn't go five, you know he's. I mean, you know, pairing with Trey Young, how fun would that be? He's got to go at least six, and I don't see the Detroit Pistons. I mean, Detroit Pistons. I mean, they already have Blake Griffin. I know, so you might be looking at the future. You need to. I look at it. I don't think the Knicks are getting Obi Topin. I, I don't see it. If he's there at eight, you get Obi Topin at eight. Now, what the Knicks shouldn't do is get, reach for a point guard at 8. Do not reach for a point guard at 8. If anything, I would take my man uh, Precious Echewa from uh, uh, Memphis. That you know that might not be a bad decision. If they go R.J. Hampton, you can't blame them for that. But that's what I would do. You know me, I love me some Tyrese Maxey, but I think that's too high. For Tyrese Maxey of Kentucky. But Knicks should not reach for a point guard at eight. Do not. Okay, remember you have Cade Cunningham point guard coming out next year. And you have Jalen Green coming out next year. Okay, those are going to, you know, anything the Knicks should be trying to tank to get one of those two brothers. If Trey Jones is there at 27, then yes, Knicks, you get Trey Jones at 27. If Trey Jones is not there at 27, no matter what, I've been saying this, guys, listen to me, Cassius Stanley at 27, remember, he's, he had, he broke Giant Williamson's uh, vertical test, you get Cassius Stanley at 27, no matter what, okay, and I know you guys are thinking, you guys still don't have a point guard, yes, we still won't have a point guard, listen, we have the 38 pick, okay, if Cassius Winston is there for Michigan State, get him at 38. That could be a steal of the draft. You still have Devin Dotson uh, from Can- um, uh, from Kansas. Um, or, listen, it's a reach. I know you guys are saying you're such a Kentucky guy. Ashton Hagen's at 38. You get your point guard either late first round or, or in the second round. That's when you get your point guard. Because, remember, the point guard... You, if you get them in the second round, remember the second round is not a guaranteed contract. The only guaranteed contracts in the first round. Okay, so that's what the Knicks should do. If they don't like anybody, they should be looking at next year's draft. Okay, and maybe trying to trade uh, all three picks for someone's uh, first round pick next year. Um, I mean, I don't know who who's gonna really suck next year. I can see Detroit not being that good. Um, I see Atlanta getting better. Who knows if the Hornets are going to be you know, uh, just as bad uh, as well? Um, you know, so there's you know there's there's some question marks with some teams. Um, maybe trade with Orlando. I know mean, I know Orlando made the playoffs this year. I think they uh, uh, overachieved this year. I think you know maybe you need to look ahead till next year. Um, and try maybe try to make sure they guarantee themselves a number one pick or try to stock, stockpile picks. But listen, you get if Obi Topin's there at eight, great. Not get somebody else. Don't get a point guard. Trey Jones is there. 
27, great, get Trey Jones. Trey Jones not there, catch Stanley, get your point guard in the second round. And I think, because it's, it's going to be a point guard heavy in the second round. And then I think the Knicks would be fine. I, um, I really was hoping they would get top five, as all Knicks fans were. But we, uh, we knew because we're Knicks, we weren't going to get them. Um, saying in the NBA, I don't know if you guys have been watching the NBA. Um, NBA's been hot, man. I mean, it's almost like, uh, if you, you know, it's a coronation for Knicks fans. Thinking about what could be. Porzingis has been playing well. You know, if the Knicks had drafted uh, SGA, Jay Gillis Alexander, uh, you, you know, and Donovan Mitchell has been playing like, damn, we could have had those brothers all still. Knicks would have been a top four team if we had drafted uh, SGA, Spider, you know, Spider-Man, uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell, and if we had kept Chris Bass Porzingis, Knicks would have been a top four team. Um, if we had drafted those brothers, you know, I still think I still believe in Kevin Knox. I think Kevin Knox is going to be fine. I don't think Tom Thibodeau is the right coach for Kevin Knox. And I think then if Kevin Knox gets traded, he's going to ball somewhere else. You know, what I'm saying if he gets somebody could put up, you know, who can talk to him, put up, you know, arm around him, brother, everything's going to be all right. Um, I think he's going to be all right. That's what Fizdale did, and Fizdale got the most out of Kevin Knox. Remember, Kevin Knox hit over a hundred threes. His rookie season. So the shot is there. He just needs that confidence. You know, I mean, I think he's Jason Tatum light. Kevin Knox. I mean, that's what the Knicks fans were hoping for. Jason Tatum light uh, with Kevin Knox. And we didn't necessarily get that. You know, he's a little bit more fragile mentally than we, you know, there were, you know, we love our rough and tough Charles Oakley, Anthony Mason, roughneck brothers. And Kevin Knox isn't one of those type. Uh, if you're a Knicks fan in the 90s, no offense to you 90s and, you know, early 2000 babies who have no idea who I'm talking about. But uh, that's what, you know, that's who I grew up with. Um, the Pat Riley, rough and tough Patrick Ewan led squads, um, you know. But um, Lakers won uh, big uh, last night. I mean, Dame Little with a broken finger still put up 34. So um, it's been fun. Houston lost last night. Um, and uh, and overtime, it's been it's been a it's been a good playoffs. Um, you know, I do admit though, I like the Black Lives Matter uh, on the jerseys. Um, you know, I think it's interesting, you know, how these players are feeling, um, how they're expressing themselves. I'm a big fan of it. Um, like I said, I was worried it's gonna offset a lot of people. Um, but I think the basketball play has been good. This is pure basketball, baby. No crowds. Nothing influences straight up skill in a heart, and that, you know it's uh, it's this is basketball at its purest. And I, for those of guys who have not been watching the NBA playoffs, I mean, you know, imagine you know we always had this conversation. Well, if there was you know if there was no this, no that, who would win? Skill for skill, and we're seeing skill for skill um, during these playoffs. Um, I think that NBA should continue this. Some I don't know how they would do this somehow. Um, but I kind of like this NCAA type, no crowd format. I would actually encourage it. Um, now obviously they're going to have crowds, you know, but I don't know. I kind of like this no crowd thing with the NBA in sports. It's just straight up skill and heart, you, you know, um, I like it a lot. I, it, obviously it's not going to continue. But, you know, it's funny. Like, you didn't think you'd like something until you actually started watching. And I'm like, you know what? It's kind of hot. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm, not, I'm, I'm a fan of it. 
Um, definitely get you guys uh, give it a try. Playoffs are continuing today uh, on uh, ESPN and on um, TNC. I would give it a uh, give it a try, guys. Um, another thing we got to talk about the Washington football team. Ron Rivera has cancer. Um, apparently, he's going to be getting treated five times a week on the days that he's not um, uh, filling up to it. Uh, Jack Del Rio is going to be taking over. Uh, Jack Del Rio's had former head coaching experience. You know, remember he was a coach of Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, was also the coach of the Raiders, the Raiders. Um, so obviously Jack Del Rio is going to be the, uh, proper choice, um, uh, to, uh, take over for duties. Uh, I wish Robert Rivera speedy recovery. Um, you know, he, he thinks in a, a month or two, he'll be a hundred percent. Um, he said it's very treatable. So we wish him the best, you know, obviously, the, you know, um, watch the football team, you know, Jason Brett just, you know, they just hired a new president. Um, you know, and I was really hoping Ron Rivera would be named GM this week. That's obviously not going to happen with the cancer, uh, announcement. Um, so it's just, it's just more of a mini setback for the Washington football team, uh, right now. Um, uh, but, uh, like I said, we wish Ron Rivera a speedy recovery. Now, we know we had to talk about Tom Brennan and we're going to get into Lori Laughlin, uh, as well. Um, and um, we're going to talk about a little bit talk about race today because um, some things were brought up on Twitter and, you know, there was no real fact check done. We're going to get into that uh, as well. But um, we look at, at um, Tom Brennan and um, him saying uh, the F word. We're not, I mean, I'm not talking about fuck. Um, yeah, he said a derogatory comment about homosexuals. Um, he called Kansas City um um, and, you know, uh, in the F city, um, uh, like I said, a derogatory, uh, statement against, uh, homosexuals and, um, you know, I, uh, read some articles, uh, especially, uh, from, uh, one from a homosexual woman says, <laughs> I, yeah, she went in, she was like, um, we need to stop letting, uh, hierarchy white males, um, yeah, be the I couldn't believe she wrote. She's like she said, hierarchy white white males, um, you know, dictate for for us how we should feel, you know, and you know, and 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 this and that. Meaning that we they should, you know, that that um, if you are homosexual, you shouldn't be shocked and surprised uh, that he would say this type of thing, and that we sh- you know shouldn't let that uh, bother uh, uh, homosexuals. Um, you know, I, I understood where she was coming from. Um, you know, I laughed with the hierarchy. Um, I just, I just thought it was funny that she went that far. Um, I mean, Tom Brennan's not really hierarchy. His father's a legend, obviously. Marty Brennan, uh, Brennan, you know, his fa- father's a legend, uh, sportscaster. You know, you know, Tom just followed in his footsteps. Uh, but there's, you know, but there's, there's, there's things to be asked. Um, it, you know, I know, you know, we see a lot of things on the media. Um, you know, it, you know, it's, it seems that, uh, uh, especially with, um, you know, uh, homosexual, we look at Ellen, you know, and how successful, you know, she is RuPaul, you know, he's got his own drag show and it seems, you know, and it, and it seems like, oh, you know, it, it's all right to be homosexual and things of that nature. But we still live in a society where some people can't or don't feel comfortable where, uh, they can be out of, 
you know, the closet per se, you know, and, you know, and, and listen, we're, we're gonna, like I said, we're going to talk today. You know, we do have a lot of, you know, especially a lot of brothers. I'm talking about brothers. I mean, a lot of black people, you know, on the term DL, which is if you, if people have not heard of that term on the down low, um, it's a takeoff of a famous R. Kelly song. Keep it on the down low. I mean, we don't talk about it. Right. You know, uh, you know, guys saying they're going over to their friend's house. Or black men going over to friends have to play poker, but they're really having sex orgies with each other. Um, you know, things of that nature. Um, you know, they'll appear to be a straight, you know, they'll have the wife and the kids, but secretly they're having sex with other men. Um, you know, so there's a whole subculture uh, that some people aren't necessarily uh, aware about that I'm just uh, putting out there for some people to know. Now, everybody's comfortable admitting that they're gay. You know, um, you know, Tom Brennan, they might have said that statement and the person he said that statement to, to talking to, they might have been gay and they might not be comfortable uh, of saying that they're gay because of risk of, you know, not being advanced in the corporate world. And, and that's their mindset. Or they might have seen somebody or you know, someone who is gay and he might have that advanced you know, in Fox Sports uh, in Cincinnati. I don't know, you know, Um but, you know, Tom Brennan felt extremely comfortable. And within seconds, he said, and we're live on Cincinnati. Like, whoa, whoa. Like, he felt extremely comfortable saying that. And, you know, for, um, I understand where uh, the, uh, the females coming from in the, in the article. Um, but you know what, though? If you were offended, it's all right to be offended. Because he meant that to be offensive. He said he didn't want to go back to that F city. Meaning that he didn't want to go to a place where there was a whole bunch of homosexuals. He didn't like the fact that he had to go there. Right? And he had a disdain for homosexuals. That's why he said that statement. So for some people to say, oh, oh he should, you know, they shouldn't be offended. Yeah, um, you know, people were overly sensitive. You know, but he wasn't being overly sensitive. He was straight up telling you how he felt about homosexuals. How he doesn't like homosexuals, you know, and they give the on air apology, um, said he's a man of faith. That should have been an inkling, right? Because usually religious people don't agree with the homosexual act. So for him to, and he was sly and he's like, you probably thought like, um, uh, people want to pick up on that. No, we picked up on that. We know what you were trying to say. Listen, if you're a bigot, you're a bigot. I'm tired of these people damn apologizing. Uh, after they get caught with their hand in the cookie jar. Listen, if you are straight up bigot, you are straight up bigot. And it's fine. Just admit it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's fine to be a bigot, but if you are, it's just I'm just saying, right, admit that you are one and own up to it. Now, if you're not willing to get changed, if you think some type of way about all homosexual people and you're not willing to have your mind changed, uh, about any stereotypes or any some type of way you feel about homosexuals, then that's on you. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys a confession about me. I used to be a straight up sexist, straight up sexist, and what changed my mind? You know, I used to be thinking that like, men, men were better than women. I used to think that way. Okay, what changed my mind about that was when I was in basic training for the, in the milit in the, in the army, and a girl she pretty much like broke her ankle. In the middle of training, right, and she was still huffing and puffing, and she was outworking guys, you know, you know, working 18, 19 year old men, you know what I'm saying? And they didn't have broken ankles, and she was busting her behind. 
during this obstacle course and, and it was hot it was like 100 degrees that day everybody's sweating everybody's hating life because we're right we're it's all morning we've been going through this damn obstacle course and you, you know and she didn't quit at all you know what i'm saying she was right with everybody and i was like yo man i got it is like that literally changed my mindset about you know women and how tough they were and and things of that nature you you, you know what i'm saying so like i so i do not feel that type of way um, anymore because of that one, you know, that one situation changed my mind. Now, great, I was 25 years old, you know, I was still younger and, stu- you know, and still stupid, you know, I'm still a dumbass, you know what I'm saying? But, but you know what I'm saying? So I don't want anybody thinking I was like, you know, sexist, like in my mid 30s, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? But, um, but yeah, that's where I was coming from. Okay. And that was now, was I open about my, my sex? Right, my sexist ways, not really, you know, I only told like a few people. Uh, but at the same time, though, that's who I was. And I knew that's who I was. And I was fine with with the sexist behavior until I had something change my mind. OK, and, and that's my biggest problem with Tom Brennan. He's going to die feeling the same way about homosexuals as he as he feels right now so his apology was hollow and if anybody was offended imagine you coming home from work think about that imagine you coming home from work right and especially if you're already in the closet either you're in the closet or out of the closet you know what i'm saying and you, all you want to do is crack open a beer right or have your woman cuddle next to you or your man that you with cuddle next, whatever you want Right, you know what I'm saying, and all you want to do is watch your Cincinnati Reds play, and that's what you hear, right? And, and let's just say you're, you know, you're in the, you know, you're still, you're not out of the closet, yet. you're still in the closet, you, you know what I'm saying, and you know you're hiding your homosexual feelings, right? And then you come home to, and you hear something like that, right? That's who the people I'm talking to. That's who the people that that were offended. You, you know what I'm saying? I understand where you're coming from. It's like the same situation when I was out in Applebee's with Sarah and I got people on the back talking trash about Sarah. Right? I had just we you know I had she waited for me to come out of work. It was New Year's. We're trying to enjoy a dinner together. You know what I'm saying? I think it was her day off or she, you know, taught a yoga class earlier and I had I worked all, I think it was like a Saturday. I worked all that Saturday. All I'm trying to do is enjoy a meal with the woman I love. And then all of a sudden, bam. Oh, who this girl do thinks she is? Michelle Pfeiffer? Like, what? Like, what? That's not what I came here for. I didn't come here for that. It's not, you know, you know what I'm saying? So it's, you know, so I'm the same way I was upset and she was upset. I had the right to be upset. Or on Father's Day when I was running, right, getting my cardio in. And someone's yelling the N-word to me. I have a right to be upset. All I'm doing is running. I don't need to be called the N-word while I'm running. That's not cool. That's uncalled for. It's the same situation. You know? Or I'm going home, coming home from the plumbing at the bar, and someone calls me the Schenectady N-word. Like, what the hell? That's, you know what I'm saying? So that's where I'm coming from. So I understand. So if people, if you were offended by what Tom Brandon says, I understand. And if you weren't homosexual and you still were offended, I got you. Because I was offended. Because I was thinking about, I have a lot of gay family members. Uh, shout out to my sister. I visited her out yesterday. And we we're talking about this. We have a lot of gay family members in my family. 
Okay. Um, so you know, a lot of people claim I don't got no gay family members. I got enough of my family. So right, and it's all right, and I love them all. Okay, so that's who I was thinking of, and especially out in Ohio. And I know a few of them are Cincinnati Reds fans. Not all of them are Cleveland Indian fans. No, got quite a few are Cincinnati Reds fans. Imagine them coming home from work, and that's what they got to hear. You know, you know what I'm saying? So. It, it's, it's just frustrating, you know, I mean, for the same people who get, uh, you know, who got offended, you get offended with Colin Kaepernick taking a knee, right? You're offended by that, but I, you got to have tough skin when someone call, you know, say when homosexual, although they're just being oversensitive. So they're being oversensitive homosexuals, but so you're not being oversexual. I'm saying oversensitive with Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. You can't have it both ways. That's, you know, and that's why I say, guys, you listen to my show, it's objective. Um, I'm going to tell you both sides of the coin. And that was my frust- and that was my frustration with his apology. And, you know, like I said, that article I read, like I said, it was scathing. How she, was, she wrote that beautifully. Um, but, you know, I was, just, I was just searching through uh, Google News. You know, she wrote that beautifully. And But I, at the same time, though, I was like, I, you know what, I understand, you know, this is, you know, this is the PC culture, you know, everything's got to be politically correct, you know, but it's not about being politically correct with the Tom Brennan situation. It's about saying, it's about this, you're coming home, like I said, coming home from work, you, you're watching a baseball game for escapism or because, you know, it's a kid's game, but you're so in love with this kid's game. Um, baseball is beautiful. Um, and then you just made it ugly. You know, you made a game so beautiful, so ugly. And that's my problem with it. Because that has no place, you know, during a baseball game. Yeah. You know? And and that was that's actually my biggest problem with it. That you use the term so offensive. And especially you calling a whole city that way. Um, you know, you know, especially you know, Kansas City, who you know, they're diehard sports fans out there. Hardworking people out there. I mean, it's hardworking people everywhere. Kansas City, you know, you know. Remember, they got the Chiefs. You know, uh, you, you know, they got the Royals. I mean, they love their sports. You know, you know, uh, out in Kansas City. Um, you know, you know. I mean, you have Pat Mahomes, who's biracial, who's the face of the city. You know, he's the king of Kansas City right now. You know, you have a lot of great things going on in Kansas City. And it, it, and you know, and, and then, and then to come home and and to hear that talk about your city, and then you know, it was a Cincinnati Reds game, Ohio. It's always a swing state, you know, it, you know, politically, and just to hear that, and you know, I I, re, I really feel for anybody uh, right now who, especially, was offended by that. Um, I understand where you're coming from, and I will say this though: if you know, if you were offended by that. You definitely have a right uh, to be offended, and like I said, I understand uh, where you're coming from. Um, but at the same time, though, you know, some people say you know you need to have tough skin. I I, I agree. Certain situations, you know, what I'm saying I, that's I have a trash talking relationship with my son, and the reason why we, my son and I we trash talk against each other because I I prepared him so if anybody talks trash to him on the basketball court or in anything else. Right, he doesn't let him affect him. You know, someone's like, "Oh, you ain't got no jump shot," or blah blah blah, this and that, whatever. That's 
you know, the mindset I want him to have where he's not affected mentally. So I understand where people are coming from because I'm raising my son that way to be mentally tough. But is it between being mentally tough and oversensitive when someone's telling you you don't got a nice jump shot, right? Then you're going out to the bar after you're coming home from serving your country in a deployment, fighting in a war, and someone's calling you to connect to the N-word, right? Those are two ends of the spectrum. And I think not being the handle, someone saying you don't have a nice jump shot and coming home from, from war and there you're getting judged by the color of your skin, not the content of your character. That's the other end of the spectrum. And I think at that other end, like I said, if you're being, you know, being called disconnected, the N word or you're out jogging, someone calls you the N word or you're with your woman and someone's talking trash about you and your decision making process for the type of woman that you're with. I think it's all right to be offended and to be upset about that situation. That's just my take on that. All right. Another big news. We talk about Lori Loughlin. We're going to go in Lori Loughlin. She's getting two months um, for her college cheating scandal. Now, some people on Twitter were quick to bring up uh, the Kelly uh, Williams-Bolar. Uh, she got uh, five years uh, for changing her address um, so her child can go to a better, uh, better school district. Remember, she only served 10 days, okay? Even though she did get five years fortunately for her it was overturned it could not have been overturned right um it's the judge didn't overturn it she would have been serving five years but fortunately for her it was overturned um Lloyd Laughlin got two months a lot of people are using race you uh you bring up Kelly Williams Bolar um I understand their argument if uh, if another judge didn't overturn the five year um, sentence, she'd still be you know in prison right now. And Lori Laughlin, which was more in an elaborate crime, she paid somebody five hundred thousand dollars, lied uh, you know and, you know to I guess the guy was taking an ACT test for her daughter and you know it changing college. You may, you, uh, changing college transcript, uh, high school transcripts, saying she was she did rowing and this and that, and she never did it, and she had fake pictures posted, and this and that. I mean, listen, if you took, if I told you X person changed an address so a child can go to a better school district, and Y person paid somebody five hundred five hundred thousand dollars to take an ACT test, um, post fake pictures. Uh, of them doing school activities, you know, and things of that nature. I think you would think why would get the the bigger school sentence, the I'm sorry, the bigger uh, prison sentence than the ex person who just changed an address. Um, so I, you know, so I understand um, uh, where where some people are are coming from. Uh, at the same time, though, you know, you know, we talk about, you know, we haven't talked about it too much on this. My podcast talked about white privilege and how it, you know, also, and, uh, and some people say white privilege doesn't exist and, and, you know, and things of that nature. I mean, if you look at the NFL hiring practice, obviously, you, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying Joe's judge is the head coach 
of the New York football giants. And he was a wide receivers coach, wide receiver coach, not an offensive coordinator, not a defensive coordinator, not, not no coordinator, which is the next step to being a head coach. He was a wide receiver coach. He got a head coaching job. All right. Um, you know, Deuce Staley did a great job, um, you know, with, with the Philadelphia Eagles. I hate admitting that. You know me, I hate the Eagles. Um, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you think Deuce Staley is going to get a head coaching job? And he did a great job with Miles Sanders. You think he's going to get a head coaching job? I'm, 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 just, I'm just saying. Just, I'm just saying, right? Tony Dungy had to go to Detroit to personally talk to the Ford family so Jim Caldwell can get a job over there, right? Because Jim Caldwell really wanted that job in Detroit, and they weren't having it. Tony Dungy had to go over there and convince them to hire Jim Caldwell, right? And Jim Caldwell has worked with Peyton Manning, got Joe Flacco $120 million. Remember, it was Jim Caldwell who fixed that offense for the Baltimore Ravens when he beat San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl. It was Jim Caldwell who made Joe Flacco look like a superstar. And there's a reason why Joe Flacco got $120 million. $60 million guaranteed, which was the highest contract at the time. Y'all forget that. I didn't forget that. But, like I said, Joe Judge, wide receiver, coach, for New England Patriots and those wide receivers were so putrid and so terrible for Tom Brady. Tom Brady had a better chance throwing the ball to himself in order to be successful. The way how poorly his wide receivers played that whole year. Got a head coaching job. So like I said, so everybody who doesn't think white privilege exists, all you have to do is look at the NFL and the NFL will prove to you that white privilege exists. Okay. Um, I don't think you can use, you know, only because Kelly Williams Bolar got 10 days, Lori Laughlin got two months. Some people are using that. You know, if she, the ruling wasn't overturned, I can still understand everybody's point um, about how people are upset. Uh, so a lot of uh, people in the black community are upset that Lori Laughlin uh, only got uh, two months. So I definitely understand uh, where everybody is coming from. Um, like I said, this, this is what guys, this is what it is, baby. You got anybody who knows what's up. This is what it is. You guys already know that we've known this. All right. Now you can make an argument. She had a better lawyer and blah, 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 this and that. All you got to do is look at the crime, baby. I'm just saying, all you got to do is look at the crime. And then really don't tell me about better lawyer. $500,000. $500,000. She was posting fake pictures of her daughter uh, and, and whatnot. I'm just saying, man. Yeah, that's, that's all I'm saying. You know, and I know some people want to bring up uh, Tanya McDowell. Tanya McDowell got, um, remember, they, you know what? They, they were gangster with Tanya McDowell. Uh, remember, they got her for drug charges, too. So it's almost like, um, they, they they included the drug charges uh uh with her, the five years uh as well. So apparently she was selling crack cocaine and um and she was selling other drugs too, Tanya McDowell. So I don't know if it was you know it's like oh, Tanya McDowell got five years in uh you know uh Lloyd Laughlin, Felicity Husband uh uh did a lot worse. Um 
But remember, uh, like I said, Tanya Waddell, she also had she had drug charges um, included in that sentence. Okay, so you know we got to get the facts straight. I told you my show is objective. I'm not going to be on that play. Tanya McDowell got screwed over. Supposed to be Hushman. Blah blah blah. Listen, remember. You got, you got to know the whole article, and that's why you can't trust everything you see on the internet. You know, got to do your, you got to do your research, guys, um, before you start posting memes, you, you know, and, and things of that nature. I try to tell you guys, and I've, you know what, the people who posted the memes about Tanya McDowell on trying to compare to Felicity Huffman, yeah, you, you just can't do it because Felicity Huffman wasn't selling crack cocaine, um. I'm just saying Um, she wasn't and I think if you know Felicity Huffman was selling crack cocaine I don't think she would do 14 days in jail Um, um, look at so but I understand but like I said with uh, Kelly Williams you know she's lucky another judge overturned it she would have done five years and then I understand everybody's argument we can still make that argument listen guys we can still make that argument anyway so if anybody wants to make the argument anyway, I hear y'all. You know what I'm saying? So listen, guys. You know, you know me. I usually talk about one subject now that leads in uh, to the motivation. And I will tell you guys this. And this is what I tell my son. If you do the right thing, you may or may not get rewarded. But if you do the wrong thing, You'll never get rewarded. So that's my motivation to y'all. Just do the right thing. Just do the right thing. Everybody knows what to do. It's hard to do it. I mean, I almost give you guys two motivations. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I like, listen, like I said, God, do the right thing, man. Not get rewarded. Do the wrong thing. Never gonna get rewarded. And that's my motivation. And you, you know, in the military, we say do what you think your rank can handle. Y'all got three motivations, you know, and um, that's my advice to you guys. And whatever you do, Hunger Games, may the odds be forever in your favor. All right. That's my podcast today. A little bit longer than usual. Um, But, you know, we had to go. We had to talk about what we had to talk about today. Um, I appreciate all my listeners. Shout out to my sister, Nefertiti. Uh, for inviting me over to her house. It was great to see my nephew. Uh, it was great to see my brother-in-law, Joe. Um, he's got a fresh haircut, looking looking clean. Uh, nephew doesn't like it. I, I knew she, because she likes, she likes her wild child of a man. But uh, I, I, I like the haircut, Joe. Keep keep up the good work. Um, my nephew taller than me. You know, but I know y'all saying, you ain't even 5'7", player. Everybody taller than you. You're right. My nephew taller than me. Shout out to my nephew. Uh, he, he was great. Uh, Joe, his name is Joe as well. Uh, so yeah, shout out to him uh, as well. A lot of love and appreciation for my nephew. And um, make sure you guys hit me up on that Facebook Messenger. You guys have been hitting me up. I appreciate that. Make sure you guys leave the comments about the show where I need to improve. How you guys like my take? How you guys didn't like my take? I'll take all criticisms and I'll take all love. All right. Um, that's and that's all I got, yo. You know, hit me up. Rock two fizzle. You already know what it is on my Instagram and on my Facebook Messenger. So guys hit me up uh like you guys usually do. It's Rock 25. Chill with the craziness. Be great at everything. <laughs>